0: Hello and a very warm welcome to everyone at Teen Tunes by Unbinary Life podcast. And today I'm really, very excited because we have a very special guest. Her name is Avanti Sharma. She's a 15-year-old tech enthusiast, a Women Tech Global Ambassador, and a preteen technology specialist at workshop for me Avanti is based out of Luxembourg, and she attends various conferences nationally and internationally she has represented luxembourg at various forums and she likes to share her passion of science and technology and but most importantly i'd like to add that from my side because having met her personally as well she is very much a normal teenager girl who likes to have fun uh, she likes to have her share of uh, joy and uh, you know fun activities with her friends uh, she goes to the school and at the same time, once she's free, she likes to pursue her hobbies. So a very warm welcome to you, Avanti. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today. I'm really excited to talk to you today. How yeah, are you doing?
1: You so, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting and calling me here. I've just finished school. So, yep, I'm definitely a normal, you know,
0: teenager <laughs> going to school every day as well. That's that's really interesting. So yeah, good that you said about the school part. So if if I may ask you, which standard or class or grade are you in? I mean, there are so many different nomenclatures of this. So yeah, which so, class are you in currently? Uh, so I'm in right now grade nine and oh, uh, wow. next year I'll be in grade 10. Oh, wow. Awesome. And what's your involvement with workshop for me? Because you are also a technology specialist there. So um, help our listeners understand like, what does it mean? What do you do there? Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, I in workshop for me, I
1: I love my role just because I have such a diversity of topics and things which I do. So I'm also a coach. So I mentor students um, from all of different ages. I am a course designer. I come up with new courses and technology specialist. Just the entire word itself kind of indicates that I have to have a broad understanding of technology and where we're going um, in the future. So what a technology oh, wow. specialist is in my role is I just have to know, you know, huge variety and range of things. I have to keep up with the times, as they say. And then I try to apply that to helping younger children to learn um, coding, but also other programming skills as
0: well. That's amazing. I mean, I don't know if I can do even 10% of what you're doing currently, but you're amazing at what you're doing. And so you're a course designer. And so as you mentioned, you keep a check on a lot of technologies. I mean, I'm my knowledge of technologies is really poor. So probably I'll also take certain classes from you. <laughs> so since how long have you been into coding, if, if I can ask?
1: Yeah, so... Uh... I professionally you could say well I first I think I coded my first program when I was around eight years old but ever since I've been like six I've seen my mom and my brother running coding workshops and just talking Mm -hmm. about coding in general and I think that that has definitely encouraged me to pursue coding you know and just get into it if I hadn't seen my mom do it from such
0: a young age then I don't think that I would have gotten as involved as I am today that's amazing and so Uh, how has coding changed your life? Because you've been doing it from quite some time now. How do you feel that it has changed your life? I think that
1: um, it's definitely been a really nice way for me to just have fun. You know, everyone has different hobbies. I think that coding is just one of my hobbies. So if I'm bored, I code something. But also, if I'm Feeling um, upset or angry, then you know when you can you do something which you feel really comfortable and you're good at. Mm-hmm. So I love um, coding in that sense because I can do so much with it. You know, it's like a blank canvas for me, and I can do whatever I want. So that's why I love oh, it.
0: Wow, wow, that's that's. Uh... A beautiful analogy like people pursue their hobbies when they are you know upset and they want to divert their minds uh, onto something and as you beautifully said that you know coding is one of your hobbies that you know you like to put your energies into so yeah that's that's really exciting so is it like uh, you know is there any specific age that one can actually begin coding with because of late i've been seeing like a lot of youngsters uh, you know young children getting into coding and you yourself teach a lot of uh, young students right yeah yeah so we
1: start teaching at the age of 6 years old um but wow. i think that um you don't need to be a certain age to get into coding mm-hmm. we offer our courses from age 6 but mm-hmm. i think Any child, I think, starting from the age six can already start to develop their programmational abilities, you know, and even if you're 50 years old, even if you're 15 years old, you can definitely get involved in coding. Even if you've done nothing um, related to to technology or related to anything, you can pursue coding. You know, it's just like
0: something which you learn. Wow. So is there any specific mindset that one needs to have? As you said, like, okay, there's no age criteria there, but is it uh, have you noticed or observed like in the years that you've worked so far that you know you need to have a certain kind of mindset or skill set to learn to code um i've seen that uh, you
1: definitely You need problem solving abilities. And I think coding is a great thing because that will help you develop them. But you have to Mm -hmm. think of everything step by step, one after another, because a computer is actually pretty dumb. You know, Uh, the smart person is actually the coder who has to tell it what to do step by step, every single instruction, line by line. Um, And the other thing I think a quality which you would need is you have to. Um, be persistent you shouldn't never give up you know because a lot of the time the smallest errors in your codes can make a huge impact and then you're like what's wrong but it's really just a very small line which is affecting it.
0: True 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 so problem solving and persistence to name yep. so. And and, and if in fact I've realized that these two skills are so very important in the corporate life also like as adults Uh, companies nowadays are going by these skills. I mean, forget about, of course, they they want somebody with the technical skills, but they want people with problem solving, critical thinking, you know, skills like these. So coming to my next question, like if someone wants to learn coding, uh, would you suggest, you know, any specific languages to begin with? Yeah. It's general. I I would suggest to start learning uh, either
1: Python or Mm -hmm. Java. And i would suggest mm-hmm. these just because they're the easiest languages to learn when starting off and mm-hmm. they're the most used in real life so yeah but apart okay. from that you can start from any language but i think those are the best fundamental languages to
0: start with is it also because that these languages uh you know the the instructions of these languages is pretty much similar to the english language uh yeah
1: i would say that um yeah in fact it's very easy to understand these two. Mm -hmm. So when Mm -hmm. writing, you will kind of understand what you're trying to do. And I think that's what makes it pretty easy to learn as well. Um, But if you do want to start coding, I would also recommend that if you don't want to start with a language straight away, because that Mm -hmm. can sometimes be a bit intimidating, there's a lot of Blockly-based softwares. And what that means is instead of writing actual text, you Mm -hmm. go onto a software and you kind of join blocks together, kind of like Lego blocks. And Ah, um, once you do that, you can make a program. So, okay, so
0: it's like a step by step way of, you know, teaching, you know, how the algorithms work. Yeah. One logical step after the other uh, after another. As you said that, you know, one wrong step and your whole result can go wrong. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So and that's why when we are teaching, then we actually prefer that the children
1: start off with these things. That's Mm -hmm. why we can teach from the age of six just because they can see, Okay, first, I have to do this and I have to do that because coding is all about the mindset, you know, and then how you can use it comes later. But first, you have to think about what you have to do step by step. And -hmm. then
0: once they get older, they can pursue and they can learn a language. That's awesome. Okay, so coming to my next question, which is a little bit off from the topic, I won't say off, but yeah, not directly related to it. So you've been involved in so many activities and forums, you know, um, not just nationally, but internationally as well. And have you you have represented Luxembourg on various uh, occasions, do you also feel at times that, you know, you're missing on the fun part of life? Uh, I actually feel the Being op- a teenager, <laughs> yeah, I actually feel the opposite um way just because
1: I think that I have this amazing opportunity where a lot of my friends don't have. You know, they can they they can they don't get to travel the world to go to all of these mm-hmm. different conferences and see how the adult world behaves, you know, and stuff like that. So I think that I have such an advantage because I can see the teenage world, as I call it. But then mm-hmm. when I go to international conferences, I can see, hmm, wow, the adult world is so different. So for me, it's a really interesting um, thing, like an interesting ability. It's so fun to see how different people can be just because of their age.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That's an interesting take on it. So uh, good that you mentioned about, you know, uh, the teenage uh, world and the adult world. So uh, what do you think about, you know, the adult life in general? Like being, being a teenager, how, how do you perceive the adult life as? I mean, I
1: think um, it's interesting. It's definitely a slightly different world to teenagers' world. Um, Mm -hmm. But one thing which I would change in adult life is everyone, um, which I, you know, as I've seen, they get up. They go to work, they come home, they sleep, and then they j- just do the same thing again and again. And that is really boring, you know, especially boring. to a teenager. <laughs> yeah, especially to, um, you know, a 15-year-old. So to a teenager, that's so boring. You know, every day we want to try and do something different. different so different. I know that personally for me, when I um, become an adult, then I want to do something really fun, you know, every single mm-hmm. day. I want every single day to be a special memory for me.
0: That's really awesome. I, I know because I, I can relate to it. Uh, for me also personally, like following the same set of routine is really boring and I don't really enjoy doing that. So I can totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and uh, on that note, like um, Uh, How would you rate an adult's understanding of a teenager's life out of 10? Say, suppose I'm giving you a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. How would you rate an uh, adult's understanding of a teenager?
1: Oh, okay. So this is an interesting question. I think I would probably go around 6.5. I'm being a bit generous right now. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. um, No, I think that they definitely have an idea, you know, because... If you are an adult, that means you've lived through your teenage years as well. But what I would um, remark is that now you're an adult and now you've seen different things than what your child sees, your teenager sees. And you have to, as I think a parent as well, you have to look at it in that way, saying when I was that age, what would I think or what would I do? Because often a time as an adult, you can obviously say, oh, you know, no, that's no, don't do that. That's dumb or something like that. So I'll give a simple example. A teenager wants to stay up until 1030. The adult says, no, go to sleep. You have school tomorrow. But the adult doesn't really realize that, you know what? Let your child stay up late. Let them realize, let them go through the pain of waking up the next morning early. And then they'll learn it. So I think that that's a thing which the adult world and parents really have to work on is Mm -hmm. um, if you let your child have some freedom, then they'll realize what the right and wrong thing is to do.
0: That's very well said, and I'm glad that's coming from you and not from somebody who is an adult. <laughs> because uh, I, I, I can uh, again, I understand that because again, when I recall my teenage time, even I felt the same that you know my parents are not giving me the liberty that I wanted. Um, although now that I'm an adult, I do understand why they were saying, you know, specific things to me. But then being a parent also, it becomes uh, equally responsible that you let your child understand and differentiate between the right and wrong on their own. Mm -hmm. That probably, you know, our parents did or, you know, our parents' parents did as uh, parents to them. So, yeah. All right. So, Talking about parents now, how do you feel that, you know, what has been uh, your family's role in helping you reach where you are today? Um, I am very lucky. I
1: think that my family have been really supportive of where I have, you know, how I've gotten here. I think my mom has a huge role to play, because I think that without her, I wouldn't know anything about technology or coding or programming. Um, But my brother as well. And I think that this is a good opportunity to mention um, Mm -hmm. about saying that coding is something which it's not that normal for a girl to do it, you know, in society often a time you'll see there's a huge distinction. And uh, my brother being a boy, he always he never made it seem weird, or he actually encouraged me to do coding and pursue it and stuff. So I think that I've been really lucky in that sense. Now, um, my dad hasn't been as technology related as my mom and brother. But I Mm -hmm. think that he has definitely played a huge role in my presence in international conferences. I think that Mm -hmm. that has been really fun. And I think um, I've learned so much from him, even though yeah. he isn't so like a someone who programs or codes or anything like that. I think that he is definitely the main player for me when going to international conferences and speaking and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. You are blessed. You have an amazing family. I've been fortunate enough to meet your parents and I've conveyed the same to your mother as well. Uh yeah, yeah, you're pretty lucky in terms of the support that you have received from your parents. And uh, it's really nice that you also mentioned this part wherein you said that, you know, as girls, uh, coding is not something that, you know, people associate a lot with girls. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and your brother never really uh, made you feel that way. Mm-hmm. So he also has a very important role in, uh, you know, nurturing you as as you know an early or early on coder in your life and uh, with that like were there any times like apart from your family life because your family was always supportive so did you ever feel that you know you are stereotyped just because you are a girl and you are into coding
1: um I don't think that that often that's happened to me luckily but I I have definitely experienced that if I'm I have attended many coding workshops, hackathons and and things like that. And mm-hmm. I have kind of felt this thing that I walk in and I'm the only girl in the room. And, and that's not, you know, the best feeling to have that you're the only person who's a girl and who's coding. And then yeah. the other thing I think is um, coding is very when, when you think of a programmer, then you think of, you know, this old, you know, 30 year old guy sing, sitting on the couch eating pizza. But yeah. The reality is that's not really a coder at all. You know, you can be however you want to be and code. It's just an additional hobby, you know. Mm -hmm. I like to compare any other hobby which you would do, like ice skating. You don't have that many stereotypes about who ice skates. Similarly, coding is like that, you know. That's why um, when I am, you know, mentoring my uh, children who I do every, who I teach every weekend, then I Mm -hmm. always try to show that, you know, I'm just me and I just code. You know, so yeah. I am a very I like being very girly, you know, and stuff like that. And I want to portray that to all of the younger kids, just for them to see that you know it's fine. You can be yourself and you can still like coding. So yeah, I think that that would be my overall experience in that domain.
0: And and have you experienced the same like in your friend circles? Do your friends treat uh, treat you differently just because you're you know you are involved in uh, so many activities? Um, I think
1: I'm very lucky that I have a great friend circle and they just completely understand. I mean, they understand that it's just an, another normal activity, you know, so um, how like like how they do their activities. I do my own activities yes. and,
0: yeah. you know,
1: nothing said and done. They still treat me completely the same. We still laugh on the same things. So, yeah. And I think this is another kind of way to show that you can like coding and you can be involved in coding. But that doesn't change who you are as a person. You know, that's just
0: something who adds on to True. you. That's that's a really beautiful way of saying it because it's, it's like doing any other activity, which kind of also helps it, uh, if I could say, normalize this thing or even if the stereotype, if it exists that, you know, uh, girls can't be coders. Yeah. yeah so, sure. yeah. And uh, like in the interaction so far, and also because you have attended and, you know, you've represented so many conferences and webinars and you've uh, been a speaker. uh, Was there any time in your life that, you know, you feared public speaking?
1: Um, I think that um, not really. I think from a young age, my parents have Mm -hmm. always, um, you know, they've always just made going onto a stage or being filmed on camera or anything like that completely normal. And I think that um, so many people think that they have stage fright or a fear of public speaking, but in reality, it's the way they've been brought up or, Mm -hmm. you know, the way they've been nurtured, that they've always um, been told that, oh, wow, you can go and speak on a stage or, oh, you should be so proud of yourself. When in reality, uh, if you treat it like it's something normal, then they won't. And then I think they actually develop stage fright because they think, wait, am I a bit weird that I'm not scared to go and speak on a stage? And then I think that's the uh, first phase of them kind of starting to develop this fear of public speaking, when in reality, they're completely fine. And if you look, I've seen um, sometimes in my friend circles or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I in school as well, that people can be really, really fun. But as soon as they have to do a presentation in front of 25 people, they just be completely stiff. And I understand yeah. why, but then I also see them hanging out with their friends and their friends are in the class. they are people which they're comfortable with. They're just completely comfortable talking about whatever they want. So I think True. as a speaker, this is a tip which I would give is just remember that the audience or whoever's watching is not there to judge you you know no one wants to judge anyone they're not there to embarrass you and if anything they're actually there to comfort you and motivate you and encourage you and I think that's a. at times it's a hard thing to remember as a speaker because you're so scared you're going to mess up or um, ruin a point but in reality it's okay just go with the flow it's going to be fine.
0: You're amazing. I mean, uh, no doubt about it that you have been a uh, part of so many events and conferences because when I recall my teenage days and when I was your age, I, I literally had a very bad, you know, stage fright. So I, I used to face and uh, I... The, the, there were moments when yeah, I could not give a presentation. It's only in my college days that I that I began to give presentations because I was forced to. And now, of course, of course, I'm on the other side of uh, the the stage wherein I enjoy talking. So it's it's, it's a habit that people you know, develop eventually. And uh, yeah, um, that's a good tip shared that and and you know what, on that note, I'd also like to share, you know, some fun things that I used to do when I was, uh, you know, trying to overcome my stage fear for that matter. I tried all those uh, things and activities wherein I was asked that, okay, you have to prepare a speech and practice uh, in front of a mirror (laughs) that's I think the most common one that a lot of people do but uh, it it used to be fun and now of course we have camera we have smartphones so you can record yourself and and, uh, see how comfortable you are if any one of you who is interested in uh, public speaking and improving your communication skills that's something that you can do and just begin with casual conversations in your friend circle and then eventually start moving uh, one step, start taking one step further and you will be good, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So now we are kind of nearing towards the end of our podcast. And I have like two set of questions which are pretty interesting. And I'd like to know uh, what do you think about it, Avanti? So yeah, uh, what are the two things that you would like to do as an adult? And what are the two things that you would not like to do as an adult? Oh, okay. So this is also another really interesting
1: question. Um, The two things which I would like to do as an adult is I want to do something which I really love. So like my work, I want to really enjoy doing it. You know, I don't want Mm -hmm. to uh, wake up in the morning and think, oh, I have to go to work. No, I want to be excited to go to work. You know, I want to um, I want to love what I do. And another thing I want to do as an adult is, well, you know, continuing to attend conferences and be a speaker in conferences and stuff like that. Yeah. I never want to uh, give up like a passion, which I have, you know. Now, the two things I don't want to do as an adult is I, um, as I said, I don't want to do something which is really boring or mm-hmm. um, something which I don't enjoy. Yeah. And I this is more of what I want to do, but I don't want to um kind of be I don't want to change. If, if you understand what I mean, I want to stay the same. I want to stay really lively and really bubbly. And yeah, stuff like that. yes, yeah. yes. Because I know yes. that as a kid and as a teenager, you have this amazing energy. And in a lot of adults, I've seen that that phases away. So I don't want that to happen to me. So,
0: yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, I, I, uh, again, uh, totally resonate with what you said over here on the first part when you said that, you know, as an adult, like I've seen a lot of my friends because, yeah, of course, now we are in that adult world. I've seen a lot of my friends who are just doing their work uh, for the sake of doing it, for the sake of, you know, getting their monthly salaries, but they don't enjoy doing it. So uh, that's that's something really nice which came up from you that you want to enjoy what you're working on, not just, you know, work on something that you don't enjoy. And the second part of it, yes, as you grow adults, you are kind of expected overnight to, you know behave maturely not be that much of fun uh you know kind of a person and uh, don't crack jokes and be serious in life and things like that wherein you have a lot of restrictions you have a set of you know expectations as an adult life that you know you have to do this 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 but at the same time that does not mean that okay you cannot uh, continue your teenager attitude with you that's something uh, which probably you'd like to carry on as an adult life which is really awesome i try to do that myself because i still am not out of my teen mode at times <laughs> and uh, yeah it's, it's it's fun so now uh I'd like to conclude uh, this uh, podcast with uh, one last question, which is again going to be interesting. It's something uh, I hope that it's interesting to you because it's related to coding. Do you think that, you know, uh, God must be a coder or uh, do you think, like as coders, so there are two parts of it, you can answer like either or. So do you think God must be a coder or um, do you think that if coders Uh, coders can play God using AI and other new technologies?
1: Yeah, I think this is definitely a really interesting question. And it's such a heated topic right now as well. Um, I think that God doesn't have to be a coder. I think that as a coder, sometimes you have the the role of God or the power of which God can hold. But Mm -hmm. I also want to say that uh, technology is always under our control. So a lot of the time, people fear that um, in 50 years, AI will come and take over the world and you know we won't be able to control it anymore because it's going to change its original code. Now, I, we have to remember that, first of all, everything which we're talking about AI right now is just really ML, which stands for machine learning. Yes. And that's only the information which we are giving to the actual computer. So true AI is really, really far off right now. We're just working on ML. Now, um, the other thing I want to say is we will always be in charge of what we code. So if there is a program which, you know, is misusing data or wants to do something bad, that's all really going to the coder because that's the coder's fault. It's the programmer's fault. Now, I think that around this topic, there's a lot of, you know, debate and regulations going on. Some people think, no, you know, it's governments who should control what's going on with coders. And then some people think, no, you know, if you buy a certain product, then it's those coders, so they get to decide. I think that overall, as a coder, you have a huge responsibility to play in society. You can do a lot, a lot of good, but also mm-hmm. a lot of bad. So, I think I would just like to conclude by saying that you have this amazing key. You have this amazing gift. Now, the way you use it is up to you. So, I think that that is applies to a coder as well
0: that's that's really amazing and and i you know at this moment i feel so proud that i know you personally and these words are coming uh, from a 15 year old although i don't want to stereotype you as a teenager <laughs> but then uh, i wasn't even you know half that wise as you are right now uh, when i was 15 so yeah i would like to you know definitely congratulate you for whatever you have achieved in your life so far and i'm 101% sure Not even 101% sure, maybe, you know, more 200, 300% sure that you'll do very well in your life with the way you're progressing and and with the support uh, from your family and your loved ones. And, yeah, just one thing I would like to ask you, like, for the benefit of listeners is you keep a check on the latest updates of all these technology things. So what are your go-to, you know, platforms or, you know, maybe websites that you would like to suggest to our listeners that, you know, they can find the latest tech information and tech news? Oh, this is a nice question. I actually like this
1: question. Um, So uh, I would – well, what I do is I – um. I watch YouTube videos, so that's how I get my news. I also, um, I don't really go to specific news platforms that much just because they don't mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. Um, the specifics of the technological updates. But what I do do is every morning I look at my phone to see all of the big headlines which are going on in the world. Obviously, my feed is technology related, but also yeah. other things as well. So I look at that. And then um, when I have free time and I get home after school, Then I watch um, YouTubers like MKBHD. If you want to know more about specifics of Mm -hmm. um, kind of technology, you can watch Linus Tech Tips. And then um, for fun, I also like watching Mr. Who's the Boss for Tech Updates as well. So I think that those are my three go-to tech YouTubers right now. But yeah, I think they'll be changing, but yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and to all our listeners who'd like to know more about Avanti, I'll also share her details about workshop for me. Uh, Avanti, if, if I'm right, yeah, that's that's the credentials that you'd like me to share? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I'll uh, list that down in the description. And uh, thank you once again, Avanti, for being a part of the show. It was really, really nice having you and talking to you. I mean, I feel charged up after talking to you. And I hope you enjoyed uh, talking to us today on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. And thank you so much for having me. I think this is a great opportunity.
1: And this is a really um, nice experience for me because I've never really mixed um, personal and more of, uh, you know, my coding world. I've never really mixed them together. So that was really fun showing both sides of me.
0: Yeah, that was the idea actually to even invite you on the podcast because I wanted to bring that side also of you. I mean, not just show you as, you know, somebody who is if i could say maybe a teen entrepreneur uh, uh, into a a technology enthusiast uh, but at the same time you're very much a normal girl so and that's what people kind of have this misconception that if you are you know expert in one area then probably you'll have a very dull life as you say that you stereotype that you know oh okay this is how a coder is going to look like Mm -hmm. so yeah thank you so much and it was really nice having you And uh, we'll stay in touch. Hopefully, we'll like to have you in more podcasts in future. Yeah,
1: definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Avanti.